0: This one goes out to the conscious entrepreneurs here to make a difference in a big way. Welcome to the Heart, Soul, and Guts podcast. You've got the vision. You've heard the call. The world needs what you have to give, and you're ready to show up. Exactly how that's going to happen, that part's not so clear. Dreaming it and living it, two very different things. Deep breath, sister. You're in the right place. Amy Biondini is crazy about people and about business, and she's here to help you. It's time to get out of stuck and into action aligned with your soul. Are you ready? Here's Amy. Hi, Tara.
1: Hi, Amy. Thank you so much uh, for being here today. Oh, my gosh. My pleasure. Completely my pleasure. Awesome. I know you've got so much gorgeous wisdom to share. Why don't we dive right in and kick us off by telling me more about you and the highlights of your life?
2: Phenomenal, cool. Well, my name's Tara Tagliaferro, and I go by Tara Tag a lot of the times because that's mm-hmm. just easier to handle, <laughs> I think, for a lot of people. And I am an actor and a coach. So, and I'm I'm totally like focused and determined to make both as successful as possible and it's been so far it's been an awesome whirlwind of a ride but I live in the states I live in New York City now but I was born and raised in New Jersey and then I wh- I went to college for musical theater which was awesome and that was a big it took me a little time to dedicate myself fully to doing musical theater because there's a lot of fears around like what can I actually do this? Since it is career that you're diving 100% into the unknown mm. a lot. And I was very, very scared of failing and scared of the rejection aspect of it. But I my passion for it was totally... Bigger than all of the scary, so (laughs) I went for it. And I've been happy to pretty much been consistently working since I've graduated college. Graduated in 2010 and I moved right to Philadelphia afterwards, kind of unexpectedly. I took a detour that I didn't quite plan, got an apprenticeship at a regional theater house out there which is actually America's oldest regional theater so it has quite a bit of history Mm. So, and I love I love that aspect of theater like theaters have always felt like cathedrals to me I can get lost just being in a theater all day like looking at if their lobby displays the history behind the theater so that always turns me completely on so Mm -hmm. I got this gig with this theater for it was like a season of long contract which is kind of unheard like getting anything over like two months as an actor in the stage world as opposed to film and TV is like huge because even with a Broadway show you don't know how long something's going to last, if it's going to bite, if it's going to become a hit. All those things, Mm -hmm. all those elements play into it and a lot of regional theater gigs are short. They're not that long. So this is, I was like, whoa this is awesome. So that was my first big job out of college is at this theater and I fell in love with Philadelphia and That was unexpected, too. Like, the love affair that came with it, totally unexpected, but it was so good for me because Philly has a slower pace about it than New York does, and I don't know if I was quite ready to throw myself into what a lot of people call the grind that is New York, the hustle that you are kind of expected to have as a new actor coming into the scene and, like, finding which doors you want to try to knock on and figure out which ones to get into. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's pretty much my—so I moved to Philly. And from Philly, I really felt feel like I found who I was in this total, like I keep saying the word unexpected, but it was, it was like things (laughs) I didn't really quite think about when I was in college. Like it was all new things that were coming up. I began teaching to supplement my acting career, teaching theater through all different types of companies and at the theater that I worked at in Philly, the Walnut Street Theater is the theater's name. And through teaching, I developed private coaching practice where I worked with students one-on-one, either young teenagers, some of them going to make the leap into auditioning for college programs and deciding to do this for a career and I also got to work with adult hobbyists which were so much fun because they were coming at it from like a therapeutic avenue Mm -hmm. which was so cool like finding the stories that they loved through song that kind of coincide with their own life and their own revelations that they were having I loved and like watching them like let loose in something like doctors and lawyers sing a musical theater song is one of my favorite (laughs) things in the world to witness so that was cool and then having these young kids who were, you know, going into this new realm of saying, like, this is what I want to do for a living, which is it changes a game. It totally, a lot of things will start to come up. So I felt like, you know, they're en- and they're also entering, like, a very competitive environment. That's mm-hmm. where you, fo- you could focus on all the really harsh truths that come with choosing a theater career because a lot of it just doesn't make sense like why someone gets a role over you all those things that start to come up so a lot of fear was coming at me in our coaching sessions or just like wanting to be told what to do or just you know a general like I'm not sure a lot of like for the first time really having to answer these really big questions on their own Mm -hmm. and I was like this is fascinating like this is so amazing and I love that these kids are really finding who they are with me like this is really exciting so that led me to life coaching. While I was on my second national tour, I've done a few tours, which are so much fun. You get to take a Broadway show and go pretty much, you could go all over the world. I went with my last tour to Tokyo, which was really cool. Very cool. Um, yeah, it gives you like a gypsy passport, which is really exciting. So this was my second national tour I did last year. I did the Sister Act musical, which is based off of the Whoopi Goldberg mm-hmm. movie. It's a lot of fun. I get to play uh-huh. them. Um, and on that, I decided while I had that contract for about a year, I was getting a little antsy on the bus and just feeling into like different things that I really was missing in my life, that I was missing my coaching my students, I was missing teaching, and I fell into life coaching. I was like, this is something I think that will expand so much more for me as an artist, even, with how I can give back and how I can help other artists in the community get over a lot of the mental blocks that can sometimes feel crippling, and limiting and can make us not take a risk or follow our hearts in certain situations or the overwhelm that comes with this career, if you don't have any goals, if you don't have a big picture insight, all these things that could really be, like they can make you want to run they can make you want to escape and not do this. So I was like I feel like I am someone who's gone on a big journey of being a very shy young girl and using theater to be my voice essentially at the beginning and have really found myself in this crazy career path and I would love to help others find what that looks like for them. So that's Well, I just talked a lot. (laughs) That's, That's, I think, a weird thread line of like where I'm at now, just getting off the road with the tour. I'm now for the first time living in New York City with my love of my life, my boyfriend. He's wonderful and actually right now I'm in Houston doing a show so my life is just all over all over the world and yeah and I I started my coaching business back in April and it's been like this wonderful it's this wonderful it's like my backstage experiment that I do when I'm not doing a show or when I'm not on stage it's just such a wonderful parallel to have so I'm so grateful to have found it and to see what's going to come of it in the years to come definitely
1: well there's a lot in there wow <laughs> there is a lot I guess yeah. there is a lot yeah what I'm so fascinated about is kind of this whole mindset of kind of being a performer around the fear mm. and a lot of mm. self-trust it sounds like yes which is something yeah. I think we can all relate to
2: Yes, that I feel like is never ending practice Mm. when you are especially doing something in the freelance world, because that's what artists are essentially are freelancers. And it takes a lot of backbone and a lot of determination and resilience and perseverance to make this career what you want it to be, and to define success on what it is on your terms. Because what I come to find with a lot of actors is they think they have to be in L.A. or New York as their home bases, but those places aren't—they're really their environments. It's not who they are. They don't want to be in the city hustle and bustle. They want maybe a more um, serene terrain to be a part of, and that's cool too. You can make—you could have that and be an actor somewhere else. I think it's especially in America right now, the regional theater scene, like right now I'm in Houston. It's exquisite. There are local actors who are making careers in cities all across the country. So there's just so many ways to, like, make this career yours that maybe aren't the ones that are the most celebrated, the fame stories, the, like, you know, it, I feel like what we tend to make popular in culture is these success stories that are just plucked out of nowhere like Mm -hmm. you know like the girl was walking down the sidewalk and this man stopped her and saw talent and that's kind of what we like look at as being like oh that's never going to happen to me type of a thing Mm -hmm. so but it's like no that's that's not it let's talk about what really is it like this is the way to do it and yeah self-trust is totally it's yeah, I, like, I will go back to what I said at the beginning, the never-ending practice of how to validate yourself, how to believe in your, what you want to say, how to keep your craft fresh how to find the stories you want to tell these are all and that that makes the trust just happen when you take it off of i think of putting the light so hardcore like how do i trust myself in that like panicky place mm-hmm. when you put it on the art of it i feel like it makes it so much more easy and more comprehensible to inaccessible
1: to you yeah yeah that makes complete sense and i can see so many parallels between performance and coaching Oh, like there's so many. The backbone, the resilience, even kind of the freelance nature of it. So mm-hmm. tell me about your, uh, your take on the art of coaching,
2: yeah, it's I really like I love to say that coaches are artists. Like we really are detectives, I feel, mm-hmm. of just digging around for the buried treasures that we find in us and our clients and exposing them in a powerful creative way that makes people see maybe some things that were scary and in like under under a magnifying glass that just feels, you know, full of light and full of like there's richness in here. Cuz I know my, a lot of my previous struggles were A lot, I've been reflecting on this recently. Is like, I used to ask myself questions that were like, What's wrong with me? Like, asking that question is like, never gonna get a good answer, you know? It's like, (laughs) that's just a really tragic question to ask yourself. What's wrong with me? It makes like you seem like you're so alone in the world, you know?
1: Yeah, and you're always gonna find an answer.
2: Right, and that's the answer you're gonna get. So, definitely like, finding ways to. I feel like why coaching is an art is because you it's you have to get creative. You're you're choosing to find your own answer for things instead of like maybe turning to another outlet you're choosing to go within and to trust that. I think trust will be a big word today and just to trust that that's all you need. That's going to be your medicine like that little voice has something has gold in it. So yeah, that's why I, f- I feel like, especially all coaches, we all, we're all essentially, Amanda and I were talking about this, are all essentially saying the same thing at the end of the day. We want people to be happy. We want them to feel fulfilled. We want them to live their dreams and own their lives like rock stars. But our language and our way of putting that out there and how we play with it, that's all going to be different. So it's like, the, you know, it's like you get to choose what amusement park you want to step into type of a thing. So that's what's really cool. And that's the art that Co- that that's what makes each coach I think special and shiny and fabulous is their art that they bring to it
1: beautiful so what art do you bring to coaching What's oh your god
2: probably a lot of whimsy I love play and I love like I use my theatrical background big time in my coaching yeah big time <laughs> And like very flavorful, flowery language, which I don't tend to speak so much in. I'm from New Jersey and people from New Jersey like say it like it is a lot of the time. So I have that definitely in me. My my hardcore Italianist will come out sometimes. But I love, I feel like the art that I have in my coaching business is, yeah, I try to bring back that inner child out of, in everybody, try to revive that spirit. Try to put that in my copy, in my promo photos, in the work that I create. I love using, like, I don't have any problem do it, like, doing the, like, word swag, like all the Canva, all those apps where you get to mix, like, pictures with quotes and, you know, find really cool fonts and all that stuff. I love that side of it. I think that's so yeah. much fun yeah, to put your, yeah, I love it, to put your voice out there in that way. It's so cool. And Instagram is one of my favorites. I just love photos. I love visual stimulation. So, yeah, I feel like I have, like, a kind of realistic fairy tale approach. That I bring and like fairy godmother approach, I bring to my coaching business, which is very me. That's kind of how I am.
1: It sounds really so much fun. of really fun, playful, magical.
2: It's always changing, too. which I think I didn't at the beginning when I was building my business, I didn't I was like very destination focused. I was like, I just want to figure this all out (laughs) type of a thing. I want to figure out what my message is and like how I'm going to attract people and like press play and be done, you know. Mm -hmm. But it's like what's cool now that I've like embraced and it's so much more comforting than that, like kind of rat race that I gave myself with the other thing is that. I could change it whenever I want. Like, I can, you know, I could finesse and tweak. And, you know, it's just an ongoing masterpiece that I'm painting. There's no, I never have to sign it at the bottom and, like, hand it in to anybody. Like, this is something I'm going to be working on my whole life. And it's going to evolve, I'm sure, into millions of different things, which is so cool. Like, that's the adventure, I feel like, of it.
1: Definitely. I think that's so true. I think that's such a powerful way to look at it. But I'm I'm curious, how did you get out of pressing play and into this kind of, it's a masterpiece that you're building. Kind of oh what my gosh. Is.
2: That's such a great question. Cause I feel like that is something I have to come back to when I am getting too caught up maybe in to do's or just there's so much I want to do. And like, what do I do first? Mm-hmm. I can still get caught up in that spiral, but yeah. where I Feel like has shifted is just learning to really like enjoy the brushstrokes in the paintings of your life. Like, that is something that's a, a metaphor that I just dig so much because there that's where all the riches are. It's in the things that are maybe looking maybe look simple in their nature, but that's what life is about. I feel I really truly feel like life is about these little small moments we get to have that we're time, just, you know, stand still and we feel at peace. That's what it's all about. And for, a big thing for me is, and I recently went through this, I'm having some growing pains right now. Cause I'm going to be stepping forward a little bit more in my coaching business. And it's scary. Like mm. I, there's some things I just don't know what I'm doing with yet. And that's okay. Like I, I'm willing to learn and that's awesome. So this weekend I was feeling, especially with my show, let me try to go back a little bit to come back to this. So my show that I'm in right now, I'm doing a musical version of A Christmas Story, this beautiful theater in Houston, Texas called Theater Under the Stars. And we just opened on Thursday and we had some preview performances before that. And we've had rehearsals all week and we had double show weekends this weekend. So my life was pretty consumed Mm -hmm. by A Christmas Story. Yeah. So like basically my time to myself this past week has been looking like eat something healthy, go take yoga or go move your body, go stretch, because this show's pretty physical in the dancer realm for me. Take a shower, warm up your voice, go to rehearsal, go to the show. That's what it's kind of been looking like. Mm -hmm. So there's not much room to be like this. Today is one of my first days where I'm like, oh my God, I have the whole day to myself. This is amazing. So it's been, you know, I haven't had I've been feeling like disconnected a little bit from my coaching business and disconnected from maybe the online communities. I'm a part of all those things were starting to come up and I felt very scared that I was feeling so disconnected when I wanted to make these big leaps forward. So I was like, you know what though? Like let's take a timeout because I know what my old, my old mechanics inside would be like, let's push through, let's power through, right? Let's just Mm -hmm. knock this out of the park. You can get through this and like ignore kind of all the warning signs. So I would hit a burnout essentially somewhere down there. So I was like, let's talk to my fears. I gave yesterday morning, it was downpouring here in Houston. And I was like, that's so appropriate because that's what I feel like I need to do. I just need to like rain like myself. I need to rain. So I just stayed in bed and like, I didn't look at my to do list and I just journaled because journaling has been a nice medicine for me. Just, I really hear my, my inner voice come out when I journal, okay. which is so nice, mm-hmm. especially when I'm feeling like the para- the paralyzing feeling you can get from fear sometimes. So I just had a date with my fears. I like got my journal. I made myself some tea. I put on the Charlie Brown Christmas album, which is like (laughs) the most melancholy, but most beautiful Christmas album that is in existence. And I just let it all out and I felt uncomfortable. I didn't feel great in all of it, but I knew it was necessary. So I feel like that taking that time in this like brushstroke approach is so necessary. When wanting to do the next big thing or when wanting to move forward in anything, I just think... You have to give the contraction space when you're going to expand. That was something that the Mentor Masterclass, our program that we're in, that that reminded me of this weekend. Because I reached out to the group being like, this is what I'm feeling. And also just being seen in it by people you love and trust, I think is so great. If you have those people that you can just be like, here's me without my makeup. Like, this is what I look like. Mm-hmm. And I feel gross right now, but I just want you to see me. I think that's also important, too. Yeah, and at different events will call will call for different. I feel like ways of wanting support, but that's what worked for me recently. It was so nice to take that time out, and I feel completely rejuvenated by that.
1: So it sounds like you place a lot of value on both self care and, oh, and community. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh God! Yeah. How do you think self care is kind of related to success in well coaching and life, really?
2: Mm, I love that question. I think self-care is success. Mm -hmm. I think when you realize that you can take time for yourself, (laughs) when you have that epiphany, that it's not always about like giving out of your well and, and consistently depleting yourself to serve others. I think that is a huge breakthrough for any person because I did not have that practice at all when I first came out onto the theater scene I was pounding the pavement and not taking any time to evaluate to reflect to even escape it like go do something else like don't just define yourself in this world yeah I feel like it really when you know that this isn't something that is selfish. I feel like self-care can get a bad rep from that word. Sometimes people are confused maybe about the difference when it's not something that's selfish. It's something to refill you so you can give authentically and genuinely to the world or to others, to your family, whatever it may be. So you can feel like you're not, you don't have a gas, you're on empty, your gas tank's on empty. So yeah, I think that when you realize that it's just so beautiful that you're putting yourself into the equation that you're deciding to love on yourself because you know, your relationship with you is the only relationship you are going to have your whole life. Other relationships will change. This is the for sure relationship you are stuck with (laughs) till the (laughs) end. So it's like, why not love yourself? Why not, you know, treat yourself like a rom-com, like do it. (laughs) Like, I think that's the best approach to it. And that's, been a game changer for me and it feels so like that like again like i said like the small things it feels so small and it feels like almost like there's like a little like i feel like my ego at first like that's not gonna work like how is taking time for myself when i have so many things i need to do going to work but it is like the holy grail it's amazing what happens when you just give yourself space the clarity that comes like rushing at you is Mind blowing. So, yes, I will salute to self care and to (laughs) all people who want to take time for themselves. I think it's just, you need it. It's essential, especially today with all the busyness addictions that we promote in society. Mm, Oh my gosh, you need to do it. You just need to do it. It's so healthy
1: definitely I think it is an amazingly powerful shift once you've made that shift but it's mm. been really hard to make that shift because it's not culturally oh, yeah. that's exactly you know, it norm. what advice would you give someone who's kind of struggling to kind of see that actually self-care isn't selfish
2: yeah find the support that would probably be my first thing is find people who are living and breathing it and and they believe in it And they're willing to teach you. So if that's in a form of a coach or community, I think that's such a great introduction into that to just be listening and be a sponge to it. I feel like for my first like big mind blowing experience I had with any self-care was I always have had issues with anxiety and making problems that didn't exist. Just I would do that a lot like I would create these panic attacks inside of me out of nowhere like just wacky and i really wanted to feel into how i could help that and i was kind of done with like the medical background approach because anytime you google anything it's like death is in store you know so i was like no i'm like (laughs) let me get off webmd let me see if there's like a spiritual way into doing this and i found the meditation is This woman, it's called Diva Meditation. It's in New York City. She teaches a mantra form of meditating. And I went to her, and she was a previous actress, so I totally connected to her. And she talked about how when she was swinging a show, which when you swing a musical, she was swinging a musical on Broadway. That means that she was covering probably like anywhere from five to ten people in the show and having to go on at different days for different people. The swing and Oh my god, the swing and understudy life of theater, they are the unsung heroes of musical theater, of plays. It's brilliant. We could do another whole podcast on that someday. <laughs> it's just, they're, they don't get the credit that they deserve and they're the most amazing, focused, Insanely talented, gifted people. And she was saying that she, when she was a swing on Broadway, she was consistently overwhelmed and like just plagued by her stress. And this is what helped her. So I was like, Oh my God. Like I saw that immediately. I was like, she was living my life a little bit. Like I feel very overwhelmed by all my to-dos as an actor that this, oh, and she's saying this works. And I, that might feel a little. Maybe just, I guess, simple. Like, that feels like, oh, like a simple solution right there. But it really was so nice to see, like, something that I could really connect to in that. So I went to her ashram that she has in New York. It's so fun. And I went through her program, and I learned how to do this mantra meditation. That was my first real taste of, like, taking—it's 40 minutes a day to yourself, 20-minute, two 20-minute meditations that I still have in my practice to this day. And this was almost two years ago. Yeah, like, that was my first taste of, like, just... Taking a time out and just being and not feel like I needed to do all the time. Mm -hmm. And I was, I, I was a little impatient. Of course, at the beginning, I was like wanting my meditation to be like (laughs) full of visions and like, you know, thinking that like I would go to heaven and come back in the 20 minutes type of a thing. (laughs) So I had, I did have to get over like trying to control my meditation, (laughs) of course, but everything is a learning curve. Like I feel like every time we, we get through one thing, there's a new lesson to be learned after that so yeah that was my first taste and I really I definitely needed that community I definitely needed that like guru-esque mm-hmm. approach just to have someone I could really listen to and I say that there's so much of this now out there I think this way of living is now becoming so big because people are realizing that maybe if they're gonna do anything with their lives they maybe they should love it because why not like why should we suffer you know to This one chance, this one, you know, gift of life that we have, why should we make it something that feels like a burden? I think a lot of people are realizing that they, that they have a lot inside of them that they're not using. So, and there's a lot of support out there for that because I think people get so excited when they do get on the other end of it, they want to share it and they want to help other people achieve the same thing. It's kind of awesome. It's an amazing, I feel like, revolution that's happening in our culture
1: it is definitely and is that something that you bring forward in your coaching?
2: Yeah I definitely preach about the (laughs) unconventional lifestyle because that's totally what artists are we are paving our own path like there's no formula even like Say, like, a lot of people, and I know this with young people who get their first Broadway show. So it's like you hit your, you think Broadway's it, but then that show closes and it's like you're back to, like, quote unquote, square one. Mm-hmm. So it's like how to define the journey instead of the destination, I feel like is big. And how to keep, how to keep wanting more, but how to also be okay with where you're at. That's a big thing because it's that finding that balance somewhere in there. So yeah, I'm definitely someone who, likes to I I coach around how to make your lifestyle yours and how to be true to who you are yeah and how to bring the art that you put on stage or put into your work if you're any other kind of artist painter writer whatever how to bring that into your life that same dedication into you into your self-love self-care practice and to not neglect that side of things I feel like self-love is just the root of all of it for me because without that, it's like everything could just feel like a to-do list, you know? I do. And who wants that? You know, it should feel like an experience. It should feel, you know, awesome. It shouldn't mm-hmm. feel like an obligation. Definitely.
1: So how do you define the journey and not the des- destination?
2: Hmm. Oh, that's a great question. I feel like I've never been asked that. <laughs> For me, I think it's like being cool with your map looking... Like a weird squiggly line. It's almost like if you gave a toddler like a pencil for connect the dots and she just went to town and being (laughs) so cool with that being your journey and knowing that the detours are okay, knowing that you can take, you can take a stop for a lunch in some exotic town for a while and maybe choose to stay there. I feel like that it's not always so focused on the result. It's focused on your present moment and where you are right now and how you can make this, what you have right now the best. And the most fulfilling for who you are. I know for a lot of actors, it can get caught up in, like, being strategic almost about how you maybe land your first big gig. But you miss all the juiciness that maybe you could have had while in that journey. It becomes about, like, I have to do this job because it's, like, burden-esque, you know. But it's like, let's replace the burden with joy. Let's figure out how we can feel into what is really good about what's happening right now? Who are you meeting here? Who could you choose to know a little bit more? I'm really big on pushing people and getting what we can control in, in the business of theater because there's a lot we can't. Mm-hmm. When we go into auditions, there's just a lot we can't control. So much. I can't, that's like another podcast again for another <laughs> day. But what you can control is the relationships you're choosing to invest in and Doing that authentically, not just investing in someone because they're huge or they're, you know, they have a phenomenal resume. It's like finding your soul sisters and soul brothers in the community that are speaking those stories that you want to be telling too, that you know you can be a piece of the puzzle for. So I help people try to find what that is for them. And yeah, the journey is, I feel that is the most important thing is being cool with where you're at. That's what the journey is. I wrote something recently. You know what? Let me just flip open to it in my, in my Dear Diary moment mm-hmm. that made me – I actually – I circled it because I was like, this is something I should share someday. It's a little raw right now, but you know what? I'll share it on this podcast. This was – I wrote this on Thanksgiving, and I was watching some of the Macy's Day Thanksgiving parade here in the States, and – in that parade, there's Broadway shows get to perform. It's so exciting. Like all my friends who are on Broadway were performing in the parade. You get up at like four AM. It's just like a crazy day. And you perform on the streets of New York City. It's pretty cool. That's so amazing. I wrote, Yeah, it's it's amazing. I have so many friends in it. And it's just great to see like what it's a great moment just to celebrate with all of my friends and like to talk about with my cast here and to hear about their stories when they did the Macy's Day Thanksgiving parade. And I was like, Oh, this is so cool. So I just wrote this in my in my journal. I mm-hmm. wrote I see Macy's Thanksgiving Day parades in my future. I see new musicals. I see new vocal colors confidently exposing their shades. I won't settle for anything less because even if I don't quite get there, the journey behind such a destination got to be fascinating. And I think that right there for me, like I circled that. I was like, that's it. Like, it's like, even if we say like, I'm going to be on Broadway, I'm going to be the next best-selling author. Even if that doesn't quite happen, that journey is going to be amazing because you've set this the bar so stunningly high that there's going to be really cool things that are going to come your way. They just have to. That you know, fun. even if it doesn't look maybe exactly like what you set out to do cuz even like right now I'm on, I'm basically on Broadway in Texas. That's what I am. Like right what I'm doing right now the production caliber is that is the same the theater is actually bigger than a theater house in new york so it's like you know like things will come at you in all different shapes and sizes so it's maybe being more accepting of those things as being so clung to a certain outcome
1: i think that's so true i think that's true for everyone in life but i was really seeing parallels between kind of art performers and artists and coaches because there's this whole business of coaching and you know, the sales and the marketing and kind of the go-go-go mm-hmm. you can really lose yourself in all of that noise yeah How do you manage being both kind of an artist and a coach? Because they're both really (laughs) freelancing.
2: Yep, they both totally are. What is cool about being a coach is a lot of there's more control, I guess, with what I put out there, which is fun. I think I was looking at some of your questions before and I saw the one about like, have you always wanted to be an entrepreneur? And I was like, I was just like laughed at that because I was like, my business mindset is so funny to me then I was like let me feel into this for a second I was like I do love to create my own opportunities so I was like I guess I is an entrepreneur in some way maybe I didn't have the like Business vernacular <laughs> to like, like, to define all the things that, like, I've done in my previous work. I've created my own cabarets when I, when I am um, had a gap between shows, like, I've done a lot of that stuff. So I'm like, oh, I just love to create my own opportunities. And that's what coaching feels like for me. It's a different way to express other sides of me that doesn't quite get expressed on stage. Like the intimate connections I get to have with people. Because in theater, yes, I get to get really close with my cast, and that's amazing. That's, uh, that's very, amazing. And I'm having such a good experience with my cast right now. I love them. But with the audience, I don't really get to meet the audience. You know, I, they're strangers in the dark, essentially. But this brings a new coaching gives me a really one on one type of connection that I crave and in the way of giving and receiving. I totally crave that. And the coaching also, I feel like lets me be a writer, which I liked. I have always loved writing, but I never knew like how to like express it. I knew I didn't really want to be a journalist, but like, you know, like things like I I knew I love to journal. And I was like, that's essentially what coaching is too, because like coaches share what's going on in their life. It's like, we are journal junkies that just (laughs) share it, you know, share with our truth um, and what we're dealing with and what breakthroughs we've had, what struggles we've had, all that. So it definitely has felt like another creative expression and how I balance it with my actor. Life? This is such a great question, and this is something that has kind of changed the game for me a little bit with how to feel into this because I feel like when I, my actor self is my first and foremost self. That's what I will continuously move around the country for, I feel, you know, so that will be the vehicle always driving the show. So when, as an actor, I feel like there's three different energies that you have, and they're all so different. And this is where I feel like this can change the game for any actor, because this is something I want to really teach and put out there is the energies are so different that they need different pillars in place to hold you up. When you're auditioning all over the place, that's creative chaos because a lot of things are coming at you last minute, a lot of unknown, a lot of unexpected, a lot of you being a ton of different characters. There's just like a very like frenetic pace about that, about that energy that requires a lot of consistent things to be put in place for you to feel like you're thriving. So when I was trying to like make big, take big risks with my coaching business while I was auditioning, I was hitting a clash because here's two huge, inconsistent things that are like very up to mystery, up to creativity right now Mm -hmm. that I don't have anything secure in place to hold these things down. So it's finding, and for me with my coaching business, then it's like finding my anchors in these energies. And for me, it's like having support, having a community where I'm being held accountable that's very important for me to be able to move forward, especially in the creative chaos. And then when you're in rehearsals and as an actor, that's like creative playtime. And you're you're behind closed doors. You're working pretty much all day, exploring, playing, creating and bringing something to life that you don't really have time to do much more. That's where I just left rehearsal energy. And self-care needs to be the number one thing, because You are going to be using your body in different ways than you've been using it before. So you have to figure out how to take care of it. Your voice. Oh, God. Vocal care. Another podcast. Another day. That's another one. Like all, you know what I mean? All these things. So that's that's important. The self-care aspect is number one focus. So when I'm in rehearsals, I let go of my clients. I tell them I have a show here and now. I will be available for you on email support. These are the days I'll be on email support. I'm very good at being specific with that. And I meet them up. A lot of my clients and I are restarting in the new year. So they're kind of taking a holiday break with me as I do this show, which I'm so grateful that most of them understand this gypsy lifestyle that I have. So, yeah, that's very important for me. I tried coaching when I was in rehearsals and I was exhausted it just was too much. So I had to figure out what the right balance is for me. And now that you've caught me right at the beginning of this, I've just entered my performance energy where there is creative consistency. So now I have a structure in place for my show schedule. And now I have all this freedom to really get a little inventive with my coaching work. And even my artistry, like I'm, I'm figuring out what goals I want to put in place for myself as an artist in musical theater, business goals, as well as like, just, you know, growing goals, what I want to strengthen in my craft. I feel very free and very expansive to do such because there's a structure in place. So I feel like it's feeling for me, I, To balance everything I have to accept each energy for what it is what it needs of me because like like I said like if I had this podcast during rehearsals I probably wouldn't have taken this podcast if you had asked me when I was in rehearsals Mm -hmm. because I would have been like that's too much like I'm gonna be singing my face all day and then to talk right after that's a little too much you know like I need to be respectful of not only me but other people that I'm giving I'm there for them I'm coming alive I'm showing up you know so, yeah, I think that's a big thing for me is just feeling into what energy am I in and how can I support this best?
1: It sounds like there's a lot in there around boundaries as well. Mm-hmm. But knowing who you are and setting appropriate boundaries and boundaries that feel good to you.
2: Yes. Boundaries. Yeah. They're, they're big, especially with, for me, when I'm in rehearsals, boundaries are huge. I feel like that's when I enforce saying no a little bit more. I feel like right now I'm in such a great place to say yes more Mm -hmm. because I see like a little bit more of the horizon and I have free time and I'm going to be having my clients come back in when I come back for the new year. So there's a lot more yes now that I feel like I can give myself over to, which is exciting. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like I think it's knowing when you are maybe in this intense, and this goes for everyone, not just actors, when you're in intense creative play and you're making something come to existence that did not exist before, that's I think the time to say no to things because it is about, it's a little bit about your one woman show or one man show for a minute and you need to take care of yourself when you're giving yourself over to something. So beautifully and brilliantly, the self-care is going to be huge in there. So you're saying you're saying no to say yes essentially in those moments to say yes to your work and to this, you know, to whatever you're creating. Boundaries for me, I'm still I still feel like I am a yes person, so I have to be very like okay, Tara, like is this something that you can feasibly do? And I have to and I like to thank people when I say no. I try to find the ways of gratitude to say it. I know a lot of entrepreneurs too and like coaches, especially we're in a lot of Facebook groups. It's like finding when is the time to contribute to them when, how you have your social media boundaries. I feel like that's a whole other ballpark is when to go on there you know, and like finding what, what is a good time for that. I know for me, like this weekend, I, Facebook was not good for me. I, I was in a place where I was just feeling every fear come up for me and then going on to see like everyone's celebrations on Facebook wasn't quite, <laughs> wasn't quite what I needed to see. I needed to be with me. So I was like, why am I on Facebook right now? I asked myself that question and I was like, let's let's close out the app, let's, let's take it off the phone for a second, you don't need this right now, you know, so yeah, I think it's just, you could tune in with yourself on those moments when it's t- appropriate to step away.
1: That's so, you know, cool that you could do that though, that you could really feel into that and think actually, you know what, Facebook right now, is not what I need, it's not good for me, and close it down. Mm-hmm. That
2: so took powerful. a lot of practice. I feel <laughs> it took a lot of practice, and I also am trying to now incorporate into my Facebook. Not all. Like, I feel like Facebook could become like only people's good days. Like only they're oh, like yeah. you're never going to go on Facebook and be like, I gained eight pounds. Here's what I've learned. Like you're always going to do. I've gained. I've lost eight pounds. Here's what I've learned. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's always the highlights. So I, I'm trying to be a little bit more. Experienced Exposing of maybe the raw things that I'm a little afraid to share and show, but I know have inspiration and value. And like, I would want to see someone else share this because I know it would make me feel courage to do something a little bit more uncomfortable. So I'm trying to give myself that, like, find what that is in a light way, like, in a way that's not so dark and depressing, in a way that is like, there that is uplifting and there is hope here, especially if it is sharing something that is a little unnerving or uncomfortable. Yeah. It's a, it's a very interesting thing with social media because it is a lot of only the success. Sometimes it's interesting finding how to, how to put yourself out there in ways that show you as you and that being
1: successful too. Yeah. It's a difficult balance because I I think Mm -hmm. you're right. You know, social media is so much about, you know, it's picture perfect everything's yeah. wonderful everything's going great <laughs> and we all know that isn't life but you can go on Facebook or wherever and it can if you're mm-hmm. having such a great day it can trigger the hell out of you so I think it is yes enough. it can <laughs> yes it can which I think is ironic because so much of the way we learn is through the bits that are not so shiny.
2: That's what I learn the most. Yeah, exactly. You're so right with that. Yeah, and especially what you just said, too, like about going on social media and getting triggered. Yeah, it's like we we create disillusional stories, I think, in our head when it's not the right time to be on there, when maybe we're dealing with something that's not feeling so great and we need our room and space, but instead we're going into, like, you know, just liking like you know kind of the numb liking just clicking like on things and going into the scrolling and trying to use that to heal us Mm -hmm. but it's not it's actually not helping and then we see someone maybe it's a friend or an enemy whatever we see someone on our newsfeed come up and like they just look perfect and we're like how like we get into these bad questions like how is she able to do this every single day and I can't even like get out of bed this morning like we ask Mm -hmm. ourselves these like questions you know that like just are not going to help so it just it just keeps you in this place that it keeps you stuck I think that's what it can do if you're not in the place to be there I think social media is wonderful when I feel like I can be there and see everybody and not be in my own ego stories I could just be happy for everything that I read that is exciting to me and really connect with people and see it as a conversation That helps, not as something to like just only post like what's impressive. Seeing it as a conversation really helps
1: me. And I can see that. One of the things that I was interested about what you just said was around comparisons. Mm-hmm. I would imagine as an artist, you know, comparisons mm-hmm. comes up a lot. So how do you kind of deal with that on the daily?
2: Oh, oh. That's a great question. How, let me see how I deal with comparisons. I find when I am compared to certain people, it to be flattering. Yeah, like there's a lot of things with actors deal with is like, what's your type? And that can be helpful and also limiting. It kind of is putting you in a box a little bit, but it also makes it easy for directors and casting directors to get a sense of who you are. So, like, I'll often get compared to someone like Molly Shannon, who's on, who used to be on SNL back in the day, or Carol Burnett, old-school musical comedy star. I'll get compared to them. And I'm like, this is flattering to me. But it's like, what's my flavor in what they're comparing me to? Mm -hmm. And then when it comes to me, like, then this is the hard comparison is like me comparing my career. Like right now, I'm going to show with this beautiful woman. Her name's Megan Sakura. She's been on Broadway 10 times. She has a career that makes my jaw drop and my mouth water. It's amazing. She works consistently and she's a sweet human being. I'm just like, I all hail Megan Sakura. She's wonderful. And, but it's hard to like look at that and see like she had her Broadway debut at 24. I'm 28 and I haven't made it. I haven't made my Broadway debut yet. So you can get into this, like, well, why her? Like, why not me? You can get into this, but I try to always channel any comparison monsters that come at me with into inspiration into like, what do I see about this woman that I just love and I would love to like have a little taste of? And like, that's the way I, I try to deal with my own comparison monsters and to also just not give like the space for it to not fall down those rabbit holes. Where you're just like clicking on people's websites or watching videos of how people present themselves and like comparing it to you. I feel like when it's coming from an inspirational place, when you're doing it to find ways to find your own voice and to inspire your own career, all is well in the world. Like that's when it works. But when you're going at a place of like knocking yourself down in it, that's when it's not going to be so helpful so yeah just t- turning it into being something that's inspirational as opposed to something that limits you or makes you feel less than
1: okay so practically how do you do that
2: practically because i feel like it's okay. a really fine balance yeah i engage in con- I, well here, i'm, I'm going to use what i find is happening right now with me with this actress because yeah. i'm just so like amazed by her career i engage in conversation with her and i ask about Her experiences. And that is always so refreshing to me. It's just inquiring around, like, especially if it's something that I want in my life, like her career and she's a husband, she has a child and she's doing this. It's just so inspiring. So I ask her about, yeah. And I ask her about like, what's hard about this? What's easy about this? What have you found really helpful? So I feel that to help. It gets me out of comparison. If I become curious, and come from a compassionate way. So I guess it's a lot of practicing the compassion for it. Like, what do I love about this that I want for my life? And how can I find that for me? So from that specific situation, I, 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 we have great conversations. So I'll have to tell her that she has to listen to this because I talk
0: about <laughs> her so much.
2: <laughs> but yeah, we, we have good conversations. And I'm just so, like, amazed by her life that that's what leads instead of me feeling, you know, smaller. And also, right now, we're in the same exact show. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, that's, I think that's always something to ground yourself. If you're comparing yourself to another coach, like they were in your shoes once. I think that's always something to remind and yeah, to find maybe the mentor for you who has a little bit of what you want. I think that's always such a good thing to do. So you can
1: have good conversations about it
2: that inspire you.
1: Definitely. And what I loved about what you just said is it just sounds like you really saw beneath the veneer and actually connected to the humanity of the person.
2: That's, I mean, that's what we're all looking for, Mm -hmm. I feel. And, like, the ego can get us confused in that journey, like, of that not, of maybe just, you know, detracting us away from that. But that's what we're all looking for. We're looking for really good connections, and that's, like... That's what I that's what I want in my life is to meet people who just make me feel so at home when I see them and I can just be me with and like learn from and I can share myself with them. It's just, you know, a beautiful, natural exchange that happens. That's what I think we're all looking for and that's like I think like what I was talking about like the little things that makes a theater experience for me when I have a show where we're just all having a good time it can be in the middle of nowhere that show we could be performing for five people a night but if we're having a phenomenal time that's gonna that's gonna feel like Broadway to me you know it's gonna feel like what I would want a Broadway experience to feel like
1: so, really, so yeah really, present, really yeah. yeah yeah Beautiful. So, we've talked a lot about kind of what your artistry brings to coaching. What does coaching bring to your art?
2: Oh my gosh. My dad said something to me recently, and he's like, You've changed like so in a great way. He's like, You've just become so much more calm and just accepting of your career. And like, I, he's like, I don't know where, what's, where you're going to go. Like, it's just exciting. Like you're, it was very beautiful. And it was a nice to hear from my dad say that. And I really do think I've made huge shifts as a performer because I've been doing all the work that I teach, I do on myself. So it's not, you know, just me reading from like a book of things I don't understand. Like I've given myself time to experience a lot of this. And, like, all these things that we've been talking about, trusting myself, not getting hung up on the things that are out of my control, that has made my, like, auditioning life just so much more free. Like, I go into my auditions and, like, I'm excited, just generally excited to tell a story and to just share a little bit of where I am right now. And that's going to be different tomorrow, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. I take in my life into my performance I don't feel like I need to be this robot you know I can just be me and I think that's what people are looking for too at the end of the day just that's refreshing are people who can be a human being and connect to them outside of the material that they're presenting so yeah it's, it's allowed me to trust a lot of what I'm doing already and also to set really specific intentions and then watch the miracles happen out of that. Like something I found so fascinating, I set an intention that I just, this has been a big one for me as I really want to focus on cultivating really good relationships in this business. So I was like it would be nice to see like the same people kind of popping up and to take that as clues. I was like cool and it it started happening and like weirdly happening where I was like the universe heard me and knows something is going on here. Like a director I went in for who actually cast me in the next show I'm doing. We had a great time. I was my, I think I'd been in front of him like years ago. So it was like a new reconnection. And here I am like years later, a different resume, a different woman. Here I am. And I did my thing and I didn't know he had cast me in the show yet. And then I go back to another audition in the city and he wasn't even the choreographer for this for actually it was for Christmas story, the show I'm in right now. He wasn't even the choreographer, but he ran the dance call and I got to see him again. and he, and he called me Tags, which I found so funny. He gave me a nickname already. And like, we got to talk a little bit more. And I was like, how random. Like, a man that, like, I'm asking to see the same people and like, make, for, and like, you know, dig into these relationships a little bit more. And it's just kind of effortlessly happening, which is really cool. So it's like, I think trusting. The outside forces in all of this, too, when you really declare something to help you out, trusting that magic of everything. I think that's been evident in my theater career as well, not just my coaching. And also, like, it's changed the dressing room conversations I engage in. I try, am very, like, I always love to ask people like their life stories or, like, more about them. And it it has it has changed, like, how deep our conversations can get in the dressing room and how supportive we can be of other people and how I can almost bring, like, a little bit of my coaching world into that. I mean, and not in a way that, like, I'm promoting myself as a coach, not at all about that, but just about having deeper connections with these women I get to work with for this brief moment in time. It's really been beautiful on that end and creating more of a community for myself in theater. So, yeah, I mean, they've just fed... They feed so beautifully into each other. I can't, I couldn't have asked for something more just be, I, beautiful to have fallen in my lap. It's been great.
1: Beautiful. What advice would you give to someone who's just starting out on their journey?
2: I, my, my gut said it. I'm just going to say it. Take, take risks. Just take risks and trust like the gut instincts. And take those risks, but feel free to move slow with them. Because just because it's a risk doesn't mean it needs to get fast. It needs to be done fast and just get out into the world. And like, then you could await and see the results, like take the risk, but really feel like you could be luxurious with it and really like soak in the scenery that comes with it. That's my biggest advice. It doesn't have to be a fast journey.
1: It could be yours. I love that because like, as soon as you said risk I was like "Ooh, scary but I love this idea of kind of soaking in the scenery and kind of taking the risk but taking it at your own pace yeah I love that
2: me too I was like I'm gonna listen to that right this second
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing that down that was good <laughs> Beautiful. It's a good reminder it is definitely we, we all need reminders
2: yes we do
1: definitely so what is the kind of the quote or mantra that you live by
2: Quote or mantra I live by I think they change a lot I feel like I'm someone who Is such a creature of spontaneity That I feel into different things That I'm meaning for each day But something that recently has been My, just something simple Has been creativity heals fear Mm. And that's just That makes me have a good relationship With both So I'll hold on to that one Because that's I think at the core of a lot of what I want to do In the world is using creativity as a way as a way for people to get over a lot of their hiccups and hurdles i'll stick with that one
1: (laughs) it's a good one what are your favorite tools in your toolbox or resources i
2: love okay cool one of my favorite things to do at client is creating the perfect day. That's mm-hmm. one of my favorite things to do because I remember when I did that in my first coaching-esque program that I did way back in 2013 in the fall. That was my first like self-help thing that I had taken on. They the program asked that we create our perfect day and that's something that with my clients with me, we go back to. I think it's such a beautiful, dreamy and like detailed reminder of what you are possible of and what, um, lights you up and what you want your life to be. I think it's just so great and it's cool. And I get to taste my perfect day. It's awesome. I love when I see it. It's like, you know, you've hit the nail on the head when that happens. That's one of my favorite. I love coaching through the archetypes. I love metaphors. I love using those connections big time in, in my coaching sessions. Yeah, I'll stick with those as being, like, my favorites out of the lot. But there's so many, and I feel like every session is just so different <laughs> that so many different things come up, and so many different things are appropriate for what that person may be needing in that
1: moment. Beautiful, beautiful. The perfect day is a good one.
2: I love it. I love the perfect day. It's like a,
1: Who inspires you?
2: Oh, man. So <laughs> I think you. everyone inspires. I, humanity in general, like, I, I feel like people who are just willing to, like, sing out loud and proud and not give a crap about what people think. They're always the ones who inspire me. Like in the acting world, someone like Kate Winslet, ugh, like she has such a strong message outside of what she does in her work. She just rivet, she's riveting to me. And I had like a lot of my mom, my dad, like my boyfriend, the people I have in my community inspire me. The women in mentor masterclass inspire me yeah I feel like it's like I don't know like life in general <laughs> just the whole like unpredictable nature of it and like what's going to come your way and like how you couldn't have seen something beforehand and mm-hmm. how that's kind of so cool and so true about life like you know there's just so much out of our hands that inspires me for sure I love the
1: whole uh, sing out loud and don't give a crap
2: yeah that's beautiful that makes me want to do the same so
1: yeah, that's, that's awesome good. that's a good one so what's going on that you're most excited about now?
2: Oh, that's a great question. Well, excited and scared, I guess, well, is the good combo. So I'm working on like getting a little bit more of an online presence and... Coming a little bit more out of that shell, and I'm working on an opt-in that I'm creating with a fellow collaborator, Julie Abrel, and she's in Mentor Masterclass, and we are creating this guide. It's going to be called The Gypsy Generation: A Seven-Day Guide to Ground the Groundbreakers on the Go. So we're creating a new type of structure for women. I will say women. I was like, it's going to be very feminine. (laughs) Women who are looking for a way to create a different kind of balance in their life through theming and through energy, like how to channel different kinds of energy. So it's going to be, it's really fun. Like we just started working on it a little bit ago and Julie's already done some of the art and it's just, that inspires me. Like when I see her hand over the art end of it, I like get so excited. And I just can't wait to sit down with my pen to write the copy for all of this. So yeah, it's going to explore the archetypes with each day and how to, Find a different kind of balance that maybe doesn't have you balancing everything in one day, but allowing that to expand out a little bit more to create a more empowering flow. So that's what the often is going to be based in. And my goal is eventually down the line. I, I want to create a community called the Gypsy Hood for people who are artists who are on the go and who are just vagabonds in general, it's A place where they can find a home while they are living these lifestyles that maybe take them all over the place. And I would like to get, go a little bit further and create a program for actors called the regional route where you can find your theatrical home anywhere in the world. Creating different, having different modules with different cities in the states that have amazing theater and film scenes so actors can see there's more than just New York and LA and, you know, just get a nice general knowledge of if they're thinking about either dropping theater altogether it's it's showing you there's other options the motto i would probably put with it is less competition more community so that's what a lot of the regional theater scenes are about it's a lot about community so mm-hmm. yeah that's something i'd like to create for actors cuz i feel like when i living in philly for 4 years has made me who i am today and i'm so grateful for it there's just it's such a different way of being an actor than it is in new york and la and i think it's made me ready to be so accept And grounded of myself in New York. Don't know what my journey would be if I had gone straight to New York. There's a lot you can get caught up in. So it's, I'm very, I feel like it's been the reason why I'm where I am in my career. So I'd love to share that with others. So those are two of the big things I want to work on eventually. But the most recent one is the little ebook often that I'm going to be creating and working on my website. All the while, so yeah, I'm just getting a little bit more visible online. Well, it all sounds fabulous and exciting. <laughs> Thank you.
1: <laughs> so now that everyone's had a chance to kind of get to know you and kind of have a little bit of taste of Tara, how can they say hi and keep in touch with you?
2: I love emails. So that's cool my email is Tara tag the coach at gmail.com I love Instagram so these are probably my two favorites are Instagram and just an email love note or inquiry Instagram I'm at terra tag tickles and I just love photos so that's a great way to connect with me and I'm very present on there so yeah those are my two favorites
1: beautiful Tara thank you so much for your time today it's been wonderful to talk to you and to hear all your wisdom and gorgeous just just things to share
2: oh amy thank you for the amazing questions I've always <laughs> it's so good to be asked these things and to just run with whatever's coming up it's a great test of that you know so thank you
0: Thanks for listening, gorgeous. Love what you heard? Leave a review on iTunes because that helps people find the show. Then get your sweet self over to heartsoulandguts.com and join the convo. And by the way, thanks for being you because the world needs more dreamers who get stuff done.